I don't know about you all, whether you're a Nebraska fan, a Fighting Illini fan, or a fan of any college football team. I have a strange feeling about this game. Nebraska is on the road against Illinois. The game kicks off at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or for Illinois and Nebraska fans, 7 p.m. Central Time. And at the same time as football is a game of matchups, X's and O's, different performances and skill levels at various positions, coaching, home field advantage, weather, just a plethora of factors that determine a game on any given Friday, Saturday, occasionally Monday, Thursday, I think even like Maction, they play on Tuesdays or maybe even Mondays. I don't know. But period, amen, football has a lot of variables that go into determining the outcome of a game. At the same time, like I mentioned earlier, there's another factor that my intuition is bringing to me. And that factor, I think, will triumph everything in this matchup. And that is what team wants or thinks they need this game more than the other. I think whoever wants this win more will win this football game. Welcome back, everyone, fellow football fanatics. It's College Football with Sam, and today we're talking about a game that determines whose season remains alive and whose season is going to die, because whoever moves to 2-4 and four on the year and 0-3 oh and three in the Big Ten, and whoever loses in this matchup right now of the two worst teams by record in the Big Ten West, your season's dead, to be frank. You're probably not going bowling. You're probably not reaching Indianapolis if you win anyway, but at least you have a sliver of a chance. If Nebraska loses to Illinois, or if Illinois loses to Nebraska, vice versa, all hopes of going to Indianapolis and playing for what could be the final hope of a Big Ten championship game appearance for many of the West Division teams, well, that'll be done with a loss in Champaign at likely 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or midnight Eastern Standard Time is when this game will finish. Before we resume this show, please make sure to like this video, click the big red subscribe button, and hit the notification bell. That way you can join Big Ten Football's best YouTube channel and one of the best shows in the realm of college football on the tube, and also so that you won't miss any video that I do in the future, whether it's about Nebraska football, Illinois football, Big Ten football. I just did a video reacting to the 2024 through 2028 Big Ten schedule release, and I will be doing a live stream on that topic going in-depth for mostly the 2024 and 2025 schedules, but also the future ones. I'll be going live to review those at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So click the notification bell so you can be notified when I go live if you're interested or if you just want to see more of my preview and prediction videos or reaction analysis videos, click the notification bell as well. Also, speaking of potential power, which is my new power ranking system that I'm devising, if you are a fan of the channel and you've been subscribed for a long time, you've heard me talk about this a multitude of times, the projection here for this game is rather intriguing. And if you want multiple projections for other college football games, 
make sure to check out my Patreon page through the link in the description. I will be posting information about my power rankings entering week six, along with everything that you need to know to make the same predictions for games that Potential Power does. So Potential Power right now is 31-17 and 17 against the spread in week four and week five, and it's even better at you know, straight up predicting games. So if you're curious about that, click the link to my Patreon channel. And also at the end of each video, regardless of the tier, you will be shouted out. If you're an All-American or Heisman, that's where you get access to potential power. But to get back to the topic of the channel and of this video, Nebraska going on the road, they're in survival mode, they're in wounded animal mode, much like Illinois is, I imagine. Who's going to win? Tell me down below your thoughts, your analysis, comment them, and I'll try my best to respond so we can have a conversation. There might be something that you're seeing that I'm missing. Maybe I'm wrong about the the intuition part of my mind about whoever wants the scheme more is going to win it. Maybe regardless of which team wants it more, another team has this massive advantage over another that I'm just not seeing. I think it's obvious that both teams have had their share of struggles throughout the 2023 season. In fact, both of them got blown out in Week 5, Nebraska losing 7-45 to Michigan and Illinois losing 19-44 to Purdue. Nebraska was picked by many to cover the spread against Michigan, and even though I picked Michigan to cover and have a dominating performance— I thought it was going to be more competitive than a game where Michigan scored 45 unanswered points before Nebraska broke off a fluke run against Michigan's third stringers in the fourth quarter. Nebraska touted the second-best rushing defense by rushing yards allowed in all of college football, and Jim Harbaugh just looked at the camera and said, watch this, and Michigan pounded the rock for nearly 250 yards. In Memorial Stadium, it was a very deflating loss for Nebraska. And for Illinois, I would argue, despite the fact that they at least scored in the double digits and played on the road, that their loss was even worse. Because losing 19-44 to and letting Purdue rush for nearly 200 yards on you, when Brett Bielema teams and when Illinois last year specifically prided themselves off of playing great defense, is humiliating. Um, Purdue looks like one of the worst teams in all of Power 5 football, before hanging nearly half a hundred on Illinois. Both Illinois and Nebraska have also been dominated in other games. Nebraska lost 14-36 to at Colorado, Illinois got dominated on the road by Kansas, and they lost at home to Penn State 13-30. to To add extra humiliation, the cherry on top to Nebraska— it's funny that cherry is red, the color of the Cornhuskers. Matt Rule had a Scott Frost moment to open up the season at Minnesota, losing 10-13, to giving up a fourth-down touchdown conversion, and also having several key turnovers that ultimately led to a game-winning field goal for P.J. Flex squad. Nebraska's two wins come against Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois. Illinois' two wins come against Florida Atlantic and Toledo. So both of these rosters and coaching staffs are desperate for a win. I imagine that they're treating this game like their toughest challenge of the year, if I'm being honest. Because like I mentioned earlier in the video, a loss here 
And any hope of going bowling, especially any hope of winning the West or being in that conversation, is dead with a loss on Friday night. Both teams need a win on Friday night, but the problem is only one of them can come away as a victor. After all, they're both facing off against each other on the same field. They're not playing different teams. Both are 2-3, and as I've already mentioned beforehand, and there's only a sliver, just a sliver, that's separating both teams according to potential power. Vegas is favoring Illinois by three and a half points, and ESPN's FPI is giving the Fighting Illini a 61.1% chance to win. Potential power favors Illinois to win this game by about two, and that's really factoring in home field advantage, if you can call Memorial Stadium Illinois' home field, especially when they play this game. It wouldn't surprise me if half the fans that showed up on Friday night at 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. Central Standard Time were Nebraska fans. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. So this game is essentially a coin flip, looking at it. Um, There are positions where Nebraska and Illinois, in fact, are far superior in comparison to each other, but those different advantages often weigh out or balance out the varying other advantages that either the Cornhuskers or the Fighting Illini have over each other. I released a community poll, and I do this for every game that I'm going to make a preview and prediction video for, and about nearly 2,000 people voted, and I was very impressed with that number. Um, 55% of voters picked Nebraska to win, 45% picked Illinois to win, so about 1,000 picked Nebraska to win, and just over 800 picked the Fighting Illini to win. I have a large Nebraska fan base on my channel, but I find that Nebraska fans are fairly objective, and a lot of this is due to the fact of several losing seasons in a row that have either broken their spirit or have made them aware of the worst possible scenario which is losing, or in many cases, losing big. So I think even with that large Nebraska contingent, that is following what a lot of people think and what Vegas thinks from my poll, that this is a coin flip game. And if Nebraska was the home team, I imagine Nebraska would be favored, perhaps by more than three and a half, um, especially because they got humiliated in their home field And the next team that they're going to play in Lincoln, they're not going to want to give them an inch. They're going to want to defend their home turf as hard as any game this year or any game in recent memory, I think. So this is an intriguing matchup in my mind. Uh, Both of these teams, again, are very, very even. And both coaches, head coaches, are known as builders And they like to run the ball. They like to be sound. They typically have great defense. Um, Illinois, I can't speak to that whatsoever. I think their defense is way down, not living up to the potential that it has. There's definitely some coaching issues involved. For Nebraska, Tony White's a great defensive coordinator. I like how he's implemented the 3-3-5 with the Cornhuskers. And... 
their defensive line's impressive, their linebacker room is impressive, their secondary is too. They are dealing with some injuries. I know Deshaun Singleton is injured, and I think Reimer will likely be out for this matchup. I, I heard that information from Corn Crazed, by the way. Great Nebraska channel. We collaborate a fair amount. Make sure to go over to his channel and subscribe if you haven't already, though I imagine most of you have subscribed to him and are familiar with who he is. I watched his video. He's picking Nebraska to win, and to be frank, I can't blame him whatsoever. This is a game where it's very winnable for either side. Nebraska, I think, has a higher upside. From a talent perspective, it's very obvious. From a coaching perspective, it wasn't so obvious in the preseason. But now I think that Nebraska has an edge on defense. And I think a large portion of that is due to coaching. I know Illinois lost a lot after a 2022 season where they had the nation's number one defense. But regardless, I mean, the fall off that Illinois' defense has faced is impressive and not in a good way. Meanwhile, Nebraska has a more physical defense than anything I saw in the Scott Frost era. This including a 2021 Eric Chenander defense that I thought was a good to potentially great defense. The offense for both of these teams, a trench play, has suffered quite a lot. Illinois' trenches have taken a big step back compared to last year. Nebraska has taken a step forward, but not a massive step forward. Both have underrated tight end rooms. Both, when healthy, have underrated wide receiver rooms, though Isaiah Garcia Castaneda being out and Marcus Washington not performing to the degree that I expected him to means that Nebraska's wide receivers have a lot of issues when it comes to depth. They basically have Billy Kemp, and then there's a massive cliff-like drop-off. Meanwhile, Illinois has, you know, Isaiah Williams, Casey Washington, and both schools have quarterback rooms that have questions. Luke Altmeyer and Heinrich Harburg being talented dual-threat quarterbacks, and Altmeyer having turnover problems and concerns, Jeff Sims, former starter for Nebraska, having those same issues. And I imagine that when Sims is healthy and if Heinrich Harburg is just playing average or below average football, or maybe just, I don't know. I think that Jeff Sims is going to start again for Nebraska because I think Matt Rule loves Jeff Sims. So there are just so many questions about both of these teams and I don't think we can necessarily shy away from that. And again, like I said to begin the video, I have a weird feeling about this game because it's Friday night, 8 p.m. It's not going to have the same feel or necessarily the same environment, and that's both in a good way and a bad way. Um, this will be a game that could be under the radar as well. We could look back on this game, and I think for especially Nebraska, if they win, we could say like, hey, this is the game where they started going on a streak and they ended up making a bowl. Or maybe, boldly I say it enough, they went to Indianapolis. And it could be the same thing for Illinois. I mean, the Big Ten West just looks like chaos. It, it looks like dog crap right now. It's Wisconsin in my mind, and then everyone else is so close. And Wisconsin has shown vulnerability as well. Um, an example of this is their opener against Buffalo. They struggled against Georgia Southern, a Clay Helton-led team, 
And they went on the road, and Cameron Ward just picked their defense apart. So whichever team wins this game, as I've mentioned again and again, they keep their hopes alive. The motivation is going to be at an all-time high. And looking at positions, I think this reflects an earlier point I made in the video about how part of the reason I think motivation plays a key factor here is because there's a lot of parity and equality between these two teams. I think Nebraska has six position advantages, including staff, which is a very tiny advantage. And then Illinois has four. Illinois is better at special teams. They have the better trench play, thanks to guys like you know, Jerzon Newton and Julian Pearl on the offensive line. And they also have the much deeper wide receiver room. They have Isaiah um, Williams and Casey Washington at wide receiver. So both of these teams are, they're different. They're not built exactly the same, but they're relatively balanced. And I think they want to do and play a similar game of football to each other. Illinois wants to play bully ball. They want to run Reggie Love the Third and Josh McCray and use Luke Altmaier situationally. I've watched Illinois, and they're not utilizing Luke Altmaier on the ground as much as they could, and I think that's scheme. I think they want to run, you know, the classic Brett Bielema just ground and pound attack through the running backs. And also, Luke Altmaier isn't the most aware quarterback in the world, and he doesn't make the best decisions or the greatest decisions. So I think they're trying to limit him somewhat. And the offensive line has shown problems and vulnerabilities as well. But that's Illinois. You look at Nebraska, and what does Nebraska have? Well, Nebraska, before sadly suffering several strings of injuries to Gabe Irvin Jr. and Ramir Johnson, their top two running backs who are now out for the season, sadly, they wanted to ground and pound primarily through the running backs as well, and using Jeff Sims, but not using him liberally. Well, now they're forced to use the quarterback more liberally, whether that is Jeff Sims or Heinrich Harburg, because running back is Anthony Grant, Emmett Johnson, and also Joshua Fleeks. That's the running back room. Joshua Fleeks converting from wide receiver to running back due to depth concerns. Um, and also the fact that he was just more likely to start at running back, better built to be a running back than a wide receiver at this point in his career. At fullback, Janarian Bonner and Barrett Liebentritt are the fullbacks as well. Nebraska's kind of brought back the fullback in terms of blocking, but also receiving and running the football as well. Um, Nebraska is outside of the top 100 in seconds per play, and that was before the Michigan game, also after the Michigan game. They want to chew the clock, keep the defense rested, control the game. Illinois, they want to do something very, very similar. I think right now Matt Rule is the better head coach than Brett Bielema, but it's by the ever slimmest of margins. I also think Nebraska is the better strength and conditioning staff and the better defensive staff. Illinois, though, I think mainly because of offensive coordinator, edges out Nebraska on offensive staff. I have not been impressed with Marcus Satterfield. His decision-making has been downright questionable. And when it comes to quarterbacks, so is Rule. But Rule, looking at his track record, to a certain degree, maybe I should have seen this coming with more clear eyes in the sense that at Baylor or at Temple, his teams start off very slow. But then in year two, especially year three, is when they really begin to climb. And he hasn't been 
at any college football program for longer than, I think, four years. I imagine he's going to be at, at Nebraska as long as he can. Blue Blood School, great job. Um, Nebraska is really the only kind of sport that matters, Nebraska football, in the state of Nebraska. So he gets all the you know attention and resources in the state for sports. I'm very curious to see like long term, like five years down the line, where is Matt Rule? I think he's a good coach, good man, and certainly is more adapted to the game and has a program that is going to provide him with more resources than Brett Bielema. Not that much of that stuff factors into their on-field in-game coaching, but I do think right now, looking at their overall resume and also what they've done so far, this year I would give Matt Rule the edge and Nebraska's staff the edge over Illinois'. For quarterback, I also give to Nebraska primarily because they have better depth. And whether it's Luke Altmaier for Illinois or Jeff Sims for Nebraska, both of those quarterbacks have been atrocious. We don't have to hide behind that. But Heinrich Harburg has been very serviceable. He's had four passing touchdowns, one interception, an interception that was really deflected in the air. He didn't throw a bad pass. A 124 passer rating, which is better than Jeff Sims' 99.4 passer rating. He has 477 passing yards, and he's averaging 6.6 yards per pass attempt. That's not what is necessarily impressive, though. What's more impressive is that he's also leading the team in rushing yards. Nebraska has 1,045 rushing yards in the season already. Heinrich Harburg has 270 of them with two rushing touchdowns, a long run of 72, and he's averaging 5.3 yards per rush on the ground. Luke Altmaier, by comparison, he's passed for more yards, 1,076. He's averaging 7.5 yards per pass attempt. But unlike Harburg, he has a massive turnover problem. And I'm hoping Harburg starts for Nebraska. I'm expecting Harburg starts, but... Also, I want us to take into account that Illinois' defense looks so bad that Jeff Sims probably wouldn't be a big drop-off in performance compared to Harburg, especially with Sims having rested for a few weeks, maybe his confidence is back up. That sometimes happens when you rest your starting quarterback for a week or two, get him healthy, get his confidence back up. Maybe we see more of Sims' upside than his downside if he starts in this game, but I'm expecting Harburg to start. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, Altmaier has five passing touchdowns, seven interceptions. He has a 130 passer rating. On the ground, he has 175 rushing yards. He's averaging 3.7 yards per rush with three rushing touchdowns. He's been sacked 19 times. Harburg's been sacked eight. Sims has been sacked five. I'm showing that Illinois has the better O-line, and I think a lot of this watching the Purdue game against Illinois is Altmaier is not an aware quarterback whatsoever like he just cannot see defenses coming after him he can't read defenses I think he makes the offensive line look worse than it actually is and to a certain degree I think that's Illinois offense in general the running back room has been banged up and they don't have a home run hitter at running back either maybe I'm wrong on that though so inform me in the comments down below if you think so I know for a fact Illinois has the better defensive line on the other hand Illinois has Jerzon Newton at defensive end, defensive tackle. Jerzon Newton so far on the year has, I think, one, two sacks, two sacks, pardon me, and two passes defended, 20 total tackles, even as a blocked field goal attempt. 
And against Penn State, he was working Olu Fashanu. He's one of the best defensive players in all of college football. If you're Nebraska, you have to double-team him. You have to, because with Nebraska's offensive line and the issues that they have, Derzon Newton is going to get home. He just will. With Chief Borders, MJ Sherman, Nick Henrich, I think Luke Reimer's going to be out in this game. Um, I think Nebraska still has the better linebacker room. And with guys like Malcolm Herzog, Omar Brown, they're going to have the better defensive back room as well. At tight end, I think Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkacher are better than Tip Ryman and Illinois' depth tight ends. But at wide receiver, Isaiah Williams is on pace for close to 1,000 yards, if not more. He has 446 receiving yards. He's averaging 14.9 yards per reception. No receiving touchdowns, though. That right now is Pat Bryant, who's averaging 9.7 yards per reception. as 155 receiving yards. Casey Washington is over 100 receiving yards. Griffin Moore and Tip Ryman each have over 100 yards receiving. But I like Nebraska's upside at tight end more. And Fedoni has three receiving touchdowns and 115 receiving yards. Good player, great route runner. It's good to see him healthy and him slowly growing into form and becoming that highly touted great player that people were expecting him to be immediately out of high school when he committed to Nebraska. Scott Frost recruit, by the way, but he's been developed and kept healthy by Matt Rule's staff. So that's great. And overall, I think, as I've mentioned earlier, this is a coin flip game, a 50-50 type game. Nebraska with six position advantages, Illinois with four. You could probably argue it's five to five. You could argue that Illinois has more position advantages. Both of these teams have tons of questions. They do have untapped upside, but overall, they're very similar in terms of overall performance. And the two and three record, the fact that there are only two wins come against group of five schools and they've been dominated or have lost to every power five opponent they have played tells you something. A player to watch for for Nebraska is Billy Kemp the fourth. Nebraska, outside of Billy Kemp the fourth, I don't think has a competent wide receiver right now. Originally, I was going to put Heinrich Harburg up here, but I think that Billy Kemp the fourth is a more important player because Nebraska is not going to pass often in this game. They're going to want to pound the rock, but they need to get big plays through the air if they want to maximize their chances to win. And I think Billy Kemp, the fourth, with 193 receiving yards on the year so far and one receiving touchdown, I think he can make big plays. And I also think that he might be, this isn't saying Illinois secondary is good. I just don't think Nebraska's wide receiver room has much depth. He might be the only wide receiver who Illinois secondary and defense can't consistently defend. I think he'll cause problems for Illinois' defense. And Anthony Grant, Josh Fleeks, Heinrich Harburg, they'll cause problems on the ground. But Heinrich Harburg needs a reliable target, whether it's tight end Thomas Fedoni or, more importantly, I think wide receiver Billy Kemp. He needs a reliable target through the air where he and his receiver can make plays and keep Illinois' defense honest. Because Illinois does have talent up front. They do, especially with Jerzon Newton. 
and also Keith Randolph, Tayra Edwards. I mean, their defensive line, I still think, is one of the more talented and better defensive lines in the Big Ten. Their problem is the linebacker room, the defensive backs, and I think coaching on defense overall is just not where it was last season. It's not where it needs to be. And Jerzon Newton, he's the player to watch because he can cause disruption and he can cause chaos by himself. He doesn't need help. He can be a one-man army for Illinois' defense. Already two sacks on the season, 20 total tackles, 12 of them solo. Last year, he had five and a half sacks, three passes defended, 28 solo tackles, 59 total tackles. And his best game was against Penn State, where he had six total tackles, two passes defended, he had a blocked field goal, and like I mentioned earlier, he was working Olufashanu. And he was winning that battle against the nation's number one offensive line prospect for the 2024 NFL Draft. And Olufashanu's a you know great, elite player. But Jerzon Newton is a great, elite player as well, just on the defensive line spot. And he can move all around on the defensive line. 6'2", 295 pounds. He had several pressures on Drew Aller. He had two sacks against Kansas. The problem is the defense isn't coordinated right, like I mentioned just a few seconds ago. And Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, they're they're gone. Illinois lost so much at secondary and linebacker last year. They returned their defensive line, and you're seeing where that drop-off in production is hurting them the most. But at the same time, Nebraska doesn't have a competent passing offense. So in theory... It'll be hard to attack the weakness of Illinois' defense, which is through the air. Nebraska's going to have to have a solid ground game going if they want to expose the weakness through the air so they can utilize play action, maximize their success, do a better job of burning Illinois' secondary. And Jerzon Newton's a big part of that as well, because if he can shut down the run game, then Illinois' defense can play super aggressive, and they might put Nebraska's offense in a chokehold and force turnovers and make the day easy for Luke Altmeyer. And for Billy Kemp, maybe even if the run game is struggling, if Heinrich Harburg's accurate, if he steps up and has a good day with a great wide receiver in Billy Kemp, maybe Nebraska's held to 100, 150 rushing yards, but they pass for 200, 250 and end up winning. That sounds crazy, but maybe that happens. And I think that there could be and there will be craziness in this football game. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and speaking of the crazy, my prediction is Nebraska 31, Illinois 20. Corn Craze's prediction, I think, was Nebraska 27, Illinois 24. I, I think that's what it was. Um, don't quote me on that. He predicted Nebraska to win, and I mentioned earlier that that's understandable, and that might have alluded to the fact that I was picking Illinois, but nope. Nope. Uh, you, you can't surrender 44 points to Purdue. You, you just you can't do that. It was a bad game. I don't know how you recover from that. At the same time, you could ask the question, I don't know how Nebraska recovers from that loss to Michigan, except I think Michigan is an elite team, and they're the number one team, and if not the number one team, the number two or number three team in all of college football right now. They're in that elite category. 
they will at minimum probably go 11 and 1 in the regular season and maybe miss the playoff or reach the semifinal and lose and at max they'll go 15 and 0 and win it all. Purdue's not doing that. Purdue already has 3 losses and Purdue's defense and offense has just been so up and down throughout the whole season, you know, beating Virginia Tech on the road, losing to Fresno State at home, getting blown out by Wisconsin at home, losing to Syracuse, I think by, I think it was at seven or by double digits at home, Purdue's first home win of the season, it might be one of their only home wins of the season, was against Illinois. Now, you can't hinge your prediction off of one game, but Nebraska's also shown that through a one-dimensional offense, they can dominate group of five opponents. Illinois' offense is more balanced, and yet their defense has allowed Toledo to score on them. They allowed FAU, not Casey Thompson FAU, by the way. Um, I think it was Dominic Richardson led FAU, and FAU nor Toledo are good group of five teams. Maybe Toledo is, but I don't think FAU is. Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois are not good group of five teams either. In fact, Northern Illinois is one of the worst group of five teams. But regardless, both of these opponents are coming into this game. They're relatively evenly matched. I think if Nebraska just has a cohesive passing offense, it's over. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Um, I think that Nebraska will also dominate through the ground, though. I just think they'll be competent through the air. They might throw a little more than they typically do just to exploit that weakness. They win their first Big Ten game of the season behind a strong defense. They'll force two or more turnovers and have 200 or more rushing yards. Illinois, on the other hand, will be demoralized after their blowout loss to Purdue last week. They will have some fight. This game will be close. Nebraska, I just think, wins by double digits, probably on a late score to pull away and seal the deal. The passing defense, the linebackers, the defensive backs, and Luke Altmyer's decision-making, I think, will be Illinois' downfall. Again, Luke Altmyer going back, he's literally performed exactly like Jeff Sims, except there's no one else. John Paddock... He played late against Penn State, and he scored. He also played a little bit against Purdue, but I don't think they're going to be starting John Paddock. I don't think Illinois will do that because he doesn't have any mobility, and he doesn't have the same turnover problems, but he's not accurate, and he doesn't really have much, if any, upside. Heinrich Harburg and Jeff Sims both have upside, and I think having a quarterback advantage here, along with an advantage at almost every skill position level, and throughout most of the defense. I think Nebraska's the better team, and I also think they're going to want this game more, and that mentally for them, they need this game more. So I predict Nebraska to win 31-20. to I can see Illinois winning, but I just think Nebraska's going to come out from Champaign, Illinois, with a win tomorrow. Let me know what you think of this prediction down in the comments below. And thank you so much for watching this video. I want to give a quick shout out to my patrons, Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American patron, and Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, and Matthew Sale, my All-Conference patrons. Do you think Nebraska wins tomorrow night, or do you think that the Illinois Fighting Illini come out of their home stadium with a win instead? Thank you again for watching. Your support is never expected, but it is 
always appreciated. Have a great night, guys.